Real Whiskey Real presents Judgment Day. Listener discretion is advised. The podcast that you are about to hear is politically incorrect and offensive. The opinions expressed are merely for comedy purposes. This is your Judgment Day. We all go a little mad sometimes. What an excellent day for an exorcism. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Friends, welcome to Judgment Day. In this podcast, as you know, I invite one of my loveliest friends to inform them that today is in fact the end of times. They've shuffled off this mortal coil and it's up to me to decide whether or not they ascend to paradise or burn forever in a lake of fire. What no one knew was God is actually a total cinephile and I Bobbeth Van Noys have been chosen to ta- ask a series of questions about the movies that meant the most to them. Their taste in films will be the ultimate test determining their eternal fate. Guys, I'm joined this week by a very special guest, Mr. Dustin Nolan, local celebrity, <laughs> voice <laughs> voice of a generation. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of my best frenemies. <laughs> <laughs> We we have a wonderfully um, unique past <laughs> going into this. <laughs> Absolutely, I think it's going to be great. Um, how are you doing, sir? Not bad. This is you gave me some tough questions here that I'm um, looking forward to answering here and doing yeah. my best with it. But uh, yeah, the important yeah. thing is this is just a conversation. It's sure. so much fun. Yeah. What's better than talking about movies? Absolutely, That's I, why agree I started with you 100%. this. I yeah. just love talking movies with people, and I don't really run into a ton of people that can keep up. You know, sure, because yeah. I'm a fucking all-purpose nerd. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, this is going to be great. Uh, talk to me about film a little bit. I know you have a history in film. What is what is what does cinema mean to you? Uh, not what I thought it did in my early years, I guess. Uh, cinema means a lot to me, man. It was um, I, I grew up an actor since I was. Five years old, I've been acting and this and that, mostly stage stuff, but I went to film school and did film acting with one of the top acting schools in the country with uh, um, teachers that you would see in movies that were actively in, you know, the film industry acting yeah, yeah. roles and everything. And um, I, it was the best time of my life, but it also kind of changed some things to me about how we learn the structure of how to create that role and the arc of the character. And then you go into an audition and they don't give you anything to go off of sure. or which I'm fine with cold reading. You know, I do radio and stuff. I'm good with that, but it's just the, everything that you're built into to be able to create that character. They can't even see that when you're doing the audition. So that kind of broke my heart a little bit yeah. and uh, changed a little bit of my, my views of the, is it like it is in the films when they just hand you sides and they're like, all right. Yeah. I mean, read. you have no idea any background on the character whatsoever and they'll give you two pages and say, okay, go. And then it's like, you've never seen it before. That's terrifying. And now if you even look at it in the MCU, they talk about it all the time about how, um, actors are given fake scripts or they're not even given the full script when they're doing the role. And it's like, how are you supposed to create that character right. without that? So, but I still love film. I love what it is. I don't agree with how the industry is run these days, but it, it's sure. a, it's a deep passion and love of mine. Absolutely. Still. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Is there anybody in your life that kind of influenced you that way? Like an, an uncle or a <laughs> father figure that <laughs> like, like for me, film was my brother, like got me into film at a okay. very early age. 
So my grandmother took me to my first play when I was a little kid, and uh, so that got me into that. And then whenever I was in um, high school doing acting, I met a uh, teacher of mine that actually ended up adopting me at one point in time um, legally and uh, became kind of my second mom. Whoa. And then she kind of became my mentor of uh, getting me to do other acting and go into film and that kind of thing. So, yeah. That is an amazing story. It's pretty weird, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, since today you died. Oh, I have to to ask. (laughs) Um, Do you have any views on death? Like, what what, what do we think about death? What do we think? Because obviously the premise of this show is very silly. Sure. But... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a dark question. Um, yeah, it is a dark question. I do. I think that there's beauty in death. I think that, um, in my viewpoint, I, I, and call me Willie Loman if you must, but I, I feel like uh, that when everyone comes together at the end of your life, it puts all these pieces of a puzzle together that creates the picture of who you were. And I think there is a lot of beauty in that. Now, obviously, death is a sad, horrible sure. thing, but it also makes life worth living. So. Yeah. You know, some people believe we switch off like a light. Mm-hmm. We go pre-birth. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Obviously, some people believe that they go to heaven like like in this podcast. Okay. Yeah. That's See, what's yeah. happening. By and the way. this is a pleasant su- surprise for me. I thought I'd just I know, be right? in the ground and that's it. So I know. Yeah, and you yeah. get to rely on your movie knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad deal right it's now. Not a, yeah. It's not a bad deal, honestly. Like, I don't want... To be judged on my actions. <laughs> I have made some decisions <laughs> in my day. <laughs> Being judged on film repertoire, that's nice. I like it. Yeah, it is pretty nice. All right, Dustin Nolan. Okay. Question the first. What is the first film that you remember seeing? And this could be at home, in the cinema, like whatever. Yes. And uh, I do want to say, we've before we started this, I did preface this by that I'm answering each one of these questions Fully and honestly, not by what I think anybody wants to hear, but honest answers. Well, we appreciate that. My first answer is The Little Engine That Could is the first that I remember. Okay. And I think I watched that movie when I was about five years old about 10,000 times. And I think my parents thought, can I watch this again? Am I going to drown my child in the bathtub? (laughs) And, And they think, I think I can. I think I can. And... <laughs> uh, I don't. I I saw that movie as a child. I don't remember it at okay. all. You know what I mean. But I I I have a memory of watching it. Yeah. Yeah. I I have no like frame of reference to it or context to it necessarily. Not much. It's I don't one of those things much. that we've all seen, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen it a lot, and I don't remember much at all, actually. Yeah. But yeah. That's okay. Yeah. It's all about the it's all about the memory. Was that uh, at home? Yes. Yeah. Back okay. in the day. Yeah. Do you remember what you first saw in theater? Oh man, my first film in theater. I don't. I don't remember. But that's hard. I I do remember watching the Goofy movie in theaters eight times with my father. He just holy cow. He just. It wasn't even me. He just kept wanting to go back and watch it, <laughs> and it was really kind of our relationship. It made so much sense. Yeah. But you know, I was. I definitely went and saw several movies before that, but I do remember that. That's one. actually amazingly sweet. That's yeah. a very sweet answer. <laughs> I like. Um, we're recording this in the midst of scary season. Yes, it is October. I just watched the, this morning the new Halloween movie. We'll yeah. talk about that offline. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so absolutely. I have thoughts. Um, do you? Are you a horror movie guy at all? So 
not as much these days, but back in the day, I definitely was. I remember growing up as a kid, uh, you just mentioned it, Halloween was my series. That was my franchise, and I watched those movies religiously. Every year, I'd watch the entire list of all of them. Yeah. Uh, although three is weird, but... <laughs> yeah, three three's not a terrible movie. No! It just, should not have been branded a Halloween film. It's just a different... It's not, yeah, it's not Michael Myers, which yeah. is weird, but... Super weird. Although then the they kept was making doing, yeah. movies about Michael Myers, and they progressively sucked more and more. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like the little Jamie ones, and a lot of people don't like those. I, uh, four, but, I thought, was a really nice return yeah. for him. Um, what is her name that played Jamie? But it was such a... It was a good character. It was a nice callback to the first film, having her in the clown outfit. Yeah. You know, you don't know if she's going to turn dark. You don't, you know, it was kind of a cool <laughs> idea, I thought. I liked it. Yeah. Danielle's, Danielle something. And um, she's been in, she was in the remake of Halloween that Rob Zombie did. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, but as wow. like a troubled youth that he slashes, you know, like she's like naked on the floor or something, it, you know, like Rob Zombie fashion. It was just like a really distasteful scene. Sounds like Rob Zombie. Yeah, yeah. Sounds, <laughs> yes, very much uh, on brand. Uh, I just tried to watch the Munster movie that he did. Oh, I heard uh, mixed reviews, mostly bad, though. And I it's, loved the Munsters when I was a kid. So. It's unwatchable. Oh, man. <laughs> People still make fun of me because when I say monster i still say monster and yeah. i like that's the show i'm like it's just how i know how to say it tell me yeah i get it <laughs> <laughs> all right so what would be your answer what is a movie that does scare you so a movie that scares me and this was tough because i thought about a lot of movies in my lifetime that because i don't get scared that easily but there was a lot of movies that um that i thought no that one scared the crap out of me but it was really just a pop-out scene and now I look back at that and I'm like, no, that doesn't scare me now. So I would just actually be paying closer attention to the pop-out scene and it wouldn't do anything to me. So what I'm going with is a classic here that isn't really that scary, but there's one scene that I still, to this day, might look away when it comes on. So I'm going The Sixth Sense. Ooh. And it's the kitchen scene with the with the lady in the kitchen when it's all cold. And it's yeah. like, even now as an adult, I might kind of glance away because that freaks me out yes and it's not just a pop-out scene cheap thrill it's like a really scary moment so. that is a very scary moment there's a couple yeah. of scary moments in that there is yeah um the guy that was in the accident or whatever right was, that's a scary moment yeah kind of a jump scare but like yeah. even the little girl you feel sorry for throwing up in the tent oh, my still kind of scary so 100 percent. yeah yeah Shyamalan's uh he was a really great filmmaker. He was. <laughs> he was the best in 1999. And yeah. then, and then things, it kind of went downhill have, a little bit. Things have gotten weird yeah. for, for my night. Trees aren't as scary to me. I don't know. I but. know. What was going on in that fucking movie? <laughs> that movie was literally about trees and wind, right? Yeah. Because I, like, so. I never really understood it. And I didn't either. devote any time to trying to understand it. No. Yeah. I mean, once the twist, like got bad where it's you expect the twist but then the twist is just horribly bad it's i'm I'm out i'm out i I think that was the death knell that his career was always having to have that element Mm -hmm. you know because that's where the movies kind of fall apart and become it's almost like if he didn't do a twist we would think it's a terrible movie because there's not a twist and we kept expecting one so i don't know yeah unbreakable doesn't really have like a that's true yeah like a narrative twist and i think it's maybe his best movie like I think Unbreakable might be Shyamalan's best film, but... It's solid. I'm I, still going to go Six Sense. Six Sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know. But I've never seen it again. Yeah. I've, yeah. I saw it in the theater, and I was like, why would I watch this movie again? 
Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it was great acting and everything, but yeah. There is I, great acting. Yeah. The, the I guess super it would be, villain who's made of glass, though, seems a little... <laughs> it's not very intimidating to no, me. I don't it's know. not very intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dustin Nolan. Okay. Question the third. Yeah. What so-called bad movie do you absolutely love? It's not critically acclaimed, but you think those people are idiots. Okay, so this was, again, all of these questions are tough, and I'm going to keep saying that. But this one was, uh, because it is a cult classic, and a lot of people do uh, love it, including myself. But critically, it was terribly reviewed. Uh, It's like 30% on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. But I'm going Empire Records is what I'm going with. (laughs) That is... Beyond a cult classic. People are obsessed with that fucking movie. Oh, I love it. Yeah. There's like a national holiday. (laughs) Rex Manning Day. Yeah. It's in April. Empire Records. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that's a great answer because it's not a good movie. Right. Yeah. It's fine. Like objectively and empirically kind of a bad movie, but the performances are super fun. Yeah. The music's great. Oh, great soundtrack. Yeah. Some really fun moments. Entirely preposterous. Yeah, but if you look at the um, the critics' reviews of it, every one of them is just like, "Oh, it's a ripoff of every '80s high school movie, whatever." And it, and in a way, it is. It fits that same thing. But yeah. to me, it's my generation's Pretty in Pink, you know. And it's, uh, oh. but it's, you know. So it's that's a actually, little. That's that's a very apt comparison, I think. Yeah. yeah, Empire Records is fun. Ethan Embry, I've always been like mildly obsessed with that guy. I think he's kind of great and he, he's kind of disappeared, but he has. Yeah. Rory Cochran was my favorite actor for the longest time. Really? And, uh, and he's, he's not now, but he was for a really long time and he made a recent comeback with, um, uh, what's the Lakers show? Uh, Oh yeah. uh, Uh, Winning time, winning time, and he looks nothing like him. Does completely not different a guy. Thing like him, and he's even gotten better at acting. It's like yeah. this is great. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was pretty smart to cast the guy from Greece too, as, <laughs> sure. as, yeah. as Rex Manning. Yeah, <laughs> I think that was kind of a stroke of genius. Perfect. <laughs> there are some people. There's a whole crowd out there, and I might be included in this crowd that kind of prefer Greece two to Greece. Okay. All right. <laughs> Greece is kind of problematic. See, I ran fly system for Greece for an entire summer in Texas, and they did like six shows a week, and I had to do it all the time. And so now, oh wow, I haven't watched it since because I can't. Yeah, I will. Yeah, why would you? I'll f- kill myself if I have to watch <laughs> one more Greece one more time. I can't do it. So yeah, there's some gender politics in Greece that are kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. And the flying car, I don't know, at the yeah. end, but, you know. Wow, that was fanciful. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think Michelle Pfeiffer actually came out and said that Grease 2 is her least favorite film. Like, that was the one mistake she made. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. Like, you got to take that role. You got to. Or you, you might have not have to. been Michelle Pfeiffer. Right. Yeah. You have to. Have to. Have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's oh, a great man. answer. Question the fourth, Dustin. What movie character? This is a hard one. I know this is a hard one. It what is. what movie character do you best identify with? You watch it and you're like, "That is me." I spent the most time on this question. I spent okay. a long time thinking about this question, and everything that I came up with was, was super shallow until I came to one character. And I think you're really gonna. You're, this will be my favorite answer for you of this whole thing. So uh, it's not even the same gender, which is weird. Okay. But I'm going with Marion Ravenwood. From Raiders of the Lost Ark. That is who I'm connecting with. Okay, go on. <laughs> All right, so reasons Great for Great character. It. 
First of all. One, we both really hate Nazis. Okay? Deal. Two, we both drink a lot and can drink most people under the table and are known for our drinking. Okay. Three, we both have a very strong love for adventure. And lastly, we make questionable relationship decisions. <laughs> so that is an amazing answer. Thank you. Oh, man. She's a great character. <laughs> She's great. And then for her not to make a return until that abomination that's just not I, I even, even know acknowledge exists. Don't then, even know what you're talking about. Right. Yeah. She's got one of the like top three lines in that film. Which is such an iconic movie, obviously. Oh yeah. Um, I don't even want people to talk about Raiders of the Lost Ark as a film on this podcast because it's like we all get it. It's fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> Marion is such a fucking amazing character, and when she says that I'm your goddamn partner, it is such a fucking great That's cinematic so moment. The fucking camera just shoots to her. I don't know. It it. It tells you everything that you need to know about Marion going forward is that she's this amazingly strong fucking character that she's going to be a foil for yeah. Indiana Jones's character going forward. And she is. And it's really cool. And man. she like, should have stayed that way. She, she should, should have, have stayed there that the way. whole time. But, I know. And I love Harrison Ford and I love Indiana Jones. But I don't know. She To me, she was she's my favorite part of that movie. So I don't know. I don't know if she's my favorite part, but she's she's an amazing character. Yeah. 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 Karen so Allen's good. really, really good actress, apparently. Like, she used to be, to right. the best of my knowledge. Yeah. Um, she was kind of a Deborah Winger, like a poor man's Deborah Winger, I think, back in those days. Sure. But uh, <laughs> but but a really good actress. And yeah, that's a great answer. I mean, Thank you. Yeah. And we all hate Nazis. Yeah, well, I figured we'd all connect on that one, but I had to throw it in there, obviously. Which has so. weirdly gotten more relevant in, yeah. <laughs> in yes, modern yeah. times. Like, we have to, like, kind of reassert the fact that, also, we hate Nazis still. Yes. Just so you guys know. <laughs> I threw that out as number one, just yeah. to be clear. But, yeah. Just set the tone. Yeah. Um, I have heard amazing things about this new Indiana Jones movie. Uh, uh, yeah. James Mangold, who's a fabulous director, uh, is a, he did Logan? I think was his last film, which is maybe one of the best superhero movies of all time. All time. Right? I thought Patrick Stewart should have won all the awards he for that movie. I mean, he should have won costumes, makeup, sound design, everything. I know he didn't yeah. do those things, but just give him all the awards. Yeah. He was so amazing. You get to a point in your career probably where the expectation is thus that you you can't impress people anymore yeah because you've just been amazing for 30 years i guess that's true it's one of his best roles i think though and people just don't give him enough credit for it i agree but i think he was knighted though by the queen right oh, yeah. i think yeah, yeah. so like he is sir patrick so all sir right patrick, you, for sure. you make your trades it's fine yeah <laughs> did logan make you cry I, I can't recall if it did or not but it was a beautiful movie oh i do want to say, and i know you're making a segue and i'm interrupting your segue that's as we no, talk, that's but, fine uh harrison ford just got cast to replace uh thunderbolt ross in the mcu is that official uh, at least from the articles that i read it, yeah. it's supposed to be official and um i think it's i think it's cool but yeah. i think but also he's 80 and i know he's in good health but he crashes airplanes and stuff like i know they need to start making those movies fast man yeah, they could one-off him. I mean... That's true. Just any, replace him again. Yeah. Yeah. Any more in the MCU, it seems like. Yeah, yeah I guess eh, so. <laughs> we can, we'll replace you. Yeah. Put you on the Marvel diet. 
<laughs> uh, just saw Brett Goldstein, who does a podcast oddly similar to this one, uh, <laughs> just got cast as Hercules. Oh, yeah, yeah, MCU. yeah. Okay, yeah. the stinger scene. And, oh, spoiler Kent. alert. <laughs> he's um, here. He's there. He's every fucking where. <laughs> yeah. Roy Kent. So, yeah, he's going to be part of the MCU. Yeah. And Hercules, as a character, is an Avenger in the comic books. Oh, okay. So I'm kind of curious if that's the path they're going to take with him. Or if he's just going to be kind of a one-off villain yeah. for Thor or whatever. I don't know. Who knows? But I love Brett Goldstein, obviously. He's great. Yeah. Question the fifth, Dustin okay. Nolan. Speaking of crying. Yes. God, my segue sucks now. I know. I fucked up. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's all right. What movie makes you cry always? And are you a crier? I'm not a crier. Not usually. Okay. Now, uh, we both know my co-host on my show, and she's seen me cry a couple times, but never from a movie. Okay. It's always like some little video where... <laughs> Some guy takes this 105-year-old guy to Disney World, <laughs> and he just has the time of his life, and he's so thankful, and he starts crying, and then I'll start crying, you know. But oh, it's, no. But it's not. The soldier comes home. Dog recognizes soldier. No, not, uh, not that I, one. And, not and, that and, one, I, and I'm just in tears. <laughs> it's usually old men, usually. Yeah. There's another guy with Alzheimer's that, like, he used to be able to play any song by playing just notes. And, like, somebody gives him three notes, and he makes a song out of it. And he couldn't yep. remember anything. And they said, dude, here's three notes. And then he just started playing a song. And then right. it, then this whole like English orchestra like got behind him and started making a whole song out of it. And then it made him cry. And then it made me cry. And it's usually old men crying make me cry, apparently. Right. But So what old man, but, what grumpy old man movie? <laughs> so, it's, so it's not actually. So I had a really hard time thinking about the last movie that made me cry. But there is one movie that's one of my all-time favorites that I've seen probably five times or less. And it has I think made me cry every time that I've watched it and so I'm going with Jojo Rabbit is my answer fucking dude yeah <laughs> first of all you hate Nazis and that I do. <laughs> it's I do. a really good start uh, no that I mean and I that's a film I don't want to spoil too hard no no because yeah. I want everyone to watch that everyone movie should fresh. watch that movie there's a scene in that film obviously that is just a goddamn crusher yes just a crusher. and even from then from that moment on to the rest of the movie you can continue crying but your tears yeah. somehow go from sadness into like satisfying happiness by the end of it it's very strange it's but. a very odd movie to i mean we have broached the subject of the second world war in in comedy films before yeah obviously yeah but that one really like even more so i think than life is beautiful i think is probably the biggest example of like just wow this is the holocaust and we're gonna crack wise about it but like (laughs) (laughs) uh, jojo rabbit's really affecting yes and there's even some of the characters like Sam Rockwell's character that are complex and not easy to wrap your head around. And they're almost supposed to be there just as this huge comic relief kind of situation there in a way. But at the same time, it's like they still play this very strong role that is very meaningful and impactful to the film. It's it's yeah. You are in the middle of horror. Yes. As it's going on, but you're, just laughing at Hitler on screen. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> this weird caricature of Hitler. Yeah. Uh, that's a great answer. Yeah. I, I mean, the people that have seen that film know the, know the scene that yes. really sets the, sets the tone. And people who have not th- seen that film rent it tonight. It it's is a, worth watching. Well yeah. said. That is a wonderful movie. I yeah. Mean, I think a lot of people avoided it. I think they did too. 
I think, and I think they were scared about like, oh, making fun of comedy of Hitler and all this, yeah, well. which okay. But if you watch it, you really understand how it comes together as a beautiful piece. And yeah, it took a very intelligent person. I mean, I think Taika's a pretty smart guy, mm-hmm. and I believe he was the main screenwriter. I be- I believe so. He's a yeah. auteur. He only kind of yeah, <laughs> right. He does everything. But uh, yeah, he it took deft writing and 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 a light hand kind of in yeah. a way yeah you had he he knew when to turn it on yeah you know and then uh, and then and then some very sweet lighthearted moments that are just i don't know it's all over the place if you look for a movie that has something that's going to make you laugh something that's going to make you cry and some what is the who's the guy the um uh starts the the V Foundation he was in sports and uh, he had the cancer speech and everything oh, like that oh um Valvano? Valvano. And what what, yeah. what did he say? It's like a full day, a real day is something that's going to make you laugh, make you cry, and make you... I can't remember the third one. It's a big one, though. But um, Yeah, Jim Valvano. That speech was... That was a pivotal that's moment. A, that's a... It's a huge one. Yeah. yeah and it's huge. And this is... This movie does all of those things to you. And it's hard to find a movie that's Absolutely. like... I can watch a comedy. I can watch a drama. But rarely do I find something that encompasses... Everything that like changes me as a person, but also makes me laugh and cry and all these things. Beautiful movie. Great yeah. answer. That's okay. Thank you. No, so far so good. All right, good. All right. I, will, I award you 10 points. <laughs> all right. <laughs> question the sixth. This is my favorite question. Okay. Because this one makes people flex. Who is your favorite actor, actress, however you want to frame it, and what is their worst film? Yes. So... This is not my best answer. <laughs> it's a tough one. But it is a tough one. And the, the, I, Can I give some honorable mentions? Please. Okay. Please. So, obviously, Rory Cochran. I did love him back in the day. Uh, Ellen Bornstein uh, is one of my wow. all-time favorites. I love her. And love one of my all-time favorite roles is her in Requiem for a Dream yep. as the grandmother. Kills that role. She's yep. wonderful. I was having a hard time figuring out what her would be her worst role, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, right. Um, so then, but then a little later on than that, I uh, for a long time my favorite actor was Christ, Christoph Waltz. I love Christoph Waltz. I guess also from Nazi movies and things too, yeah. but not always. What would be his worst film? That's, a, that's probably a tough something one. in German. Yeah, it would have right? to be. But so my favorite actor does change from time to time, and right now for the probably the first time in my life, my favorite actor is a kind of comedic actor. Which is strange for me. That's never happened before. And we just talked about him. And I'm going with Taika Waititi as my favorite really actor today. No yeah. kidding. That's I where like I'm that. going. Yeah. That's interesting. And I, it's hard for me not going to Chris, Christoph Waltz. When you look at Inglorious Bastards and he's having the, the milk scene and everything oh like that. God. like, And you don't have that with Taika. But Taika, it's a, since Chris Farley, there's not been a comedian that no matter what they're doing can make me just... Yeah. brighten up and smile and laugh no matter what and I think that that's a really rare quality comedy's hard a lot of people give more credit to drama but comedy yeah. can be harder to do as an actor do you think that's due to his chops or his writing I think it's a little bit of both I to be so honest too. Yeah. yeah because He's such a clever writer like we were talking about with Jojo Rabbit I mean with the writing was great but also he, he, he nobody not just anybody can play that role right. but also he wasn't planning to do like no. Korg in the MCU or whatever and it no. just happened yeah. and it's just he's probably my favorite character in all of Marvel at this point it's hilarious um, and then he did uh, What We Do in the Shadows which is hilarious oh, yeah. I haven't even seen his new pirate show which he does which I hear is also amazing it's fantastic so 
he, that guy always makes me laugh, so I'm going him. Okay. As far as his worst movie goes, the problem is, is I haven't seen it. That's why my answer is weak. <laughs> okay. But I've just heard so many terrible things about it. And apparently he was he played a role in Green Lantern, I guess. Oh, yeah. Everyone hates that movie, including Ryan Runt Reynolds. So it's I'm going to say that's probably his worst film, probably. It's definitely his worst film. Okay. <laughs> right. That movie is unwatchable. It's so bad. Okay. So bad. That's why I, in superhero films, I'm going to watch every one of them, but I still haven't watched that movie yeah. because I've never heard one person have anything good to say about it. There's nothing good to say about There's it. There's no redeeming qualities I mean, at even, all. Even Ryan Reynolds, who is always going to be charming and snarky and adorable in everything that he's in, yeah. is just, it's hard to watch. It's so bad. Okay. And the CGI is some of the worst CGI. Yeah, I'm going to skip it. In history. <laughs> I'll it just not watch it. So that. bad. And yes, Taika's in it. Very, he plays a minor role. Okay. Um, but that's a technicality. We'll allow it. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll take it. There we go. <laughs> I think that's a really interesting question. I was not expecting Taika Watiti. That's a that's a great. I one. don't think a lot of people would pick him because you I don't wish, expect it to be. Done. I wish he would show up in the What We Do in the Shadows TV show more. Me too. He only yeah. he pops up every now and again, and it's always. I did see the film first, obviously. I did too. But yeah. yeah. Um, what do you I, prefer? And see, I, I'm probably I'm probably a season or two behind the show. The the movie itself stands strong, but I feel like it kind of starts to fall off towards the end because you just had all these brilliant, hilarious ideas. Where the show, it can just keep going with the hit or miss or whatever the whole time, which is nice. And little moments like creepy paper instead of crepe paper or whatever, like <laughs> things like that are just, uh, it just makes me laugh so hard. So yeah. Nandor is... I, uh, I probably have to go with the show, even though I... I think so. I miss Taika in the show, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think... Uh, um, who's uh, Reese Davies? Is that his name? The uh, the other New Zealand actor. He was also in like extras with Ricky Gervais and. Okay. Um, he's a pretty fan. He plays the werewolf in the film version. Okay. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Such a fucking funny guy, and I really wish they would have brought him into the show. Now he's on the the pirate show. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's like the main character. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's such a funny, funny actor. Yeah. So. What is that called? What's the show called? It's oh, like, it's something Flags. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. We could look it up. <laughs> but yeah, well. it, yeah. we'll worry about that later. No, I, I love Taika Waititi. I love, there's something about, and he did some films prior to that that are just really sweet, really fun. Yeah. And very New Zealand. Yes. Like, could not be more New Zealand. Well, and he hasn't really disappointed me yet, which is really no. important, I think. It's like, because there's been a lot of guys that, like, listen, I loved Adam Sandler and Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore and all of that, but my God, the... the there was a bit the of a fall off. Yes, a bit, <laughs> you know? And so the, the only person I can say that really as a comedian just made me laugh with every film they ever did was probably Chris Farley. And it's like, I can't... Yeah. Uh, yeah. But well. now Taika... He hasn't let me down yet, so. As a director, I didn't love the last Thor movie. Oh, I didn't either. No, actually. So, right, but that's not him acting. His acting acting. was fine. No, he was great. But, yeah, that was was not great at all. It's one of the worst. Yeah. (sighs) It is. And I've seen it twice now, and I I did have a realization in my second viewing that I realized that the goofy, kind of fucked-off nature of that yeah. movie is due to the fact that Korg is telling the story. Uh-huh. So Taika Waititi's character is actually just telling this tale to these kids, 
And I think that's kind of where he was going with it is like, I'm going to make this over the top. It's This is yeah. not probably what happened, but... Well, I had high hopes for a little while, but it just started to fall off. And then it's like, okay, at the end of the movie, I was like, yeah, it wasn't that great. I don't know. And Christian Bale delivers a goddamn he's great fucking performance he's an asshole but he's, he's not uh, in it enough yeah but he's he is a fantastic actor though the yeah. goat's got more screen time than the yeah. main villain you know what I mean yeah, yeah that might well matter. speaking of though you, I know you're a big Star Wars guy I am and um, did you hear about the, the story with Taika talking to uh, yeah uh, what's her name? Jane Foster, Natalie yeah. Portman. Yes. About like, if you ever wanted to be in a Star Wars film, then just super cute. Yeah, done that. So I know I'm a little mm. trepidatious about him doing a Star Wars trilogy. Oh, I know that's scary, man. That makes me a little nervous. I would prefer to see him just kind of do his own I th- things. hundred percent. Not have to rely on everybody else's already built stories, but just make your own fun stuff. Oh, but man, those checks. Yeah, those, I know it. Those Disney checks just keep rolling in forever. Like for the rest That's of your true. life. That's you're just true. Gonna be, you're going to get a check from every month from Disney for the Absolutely. rest of your life. Yeah. yeah. That's a pretty good gig. Uh, Dustin Nolan question the seventh. Okay. When's the smoke break? Right after this question. Right after this one. All right. Okay. What film do you find? And I, I'm sorry. The, I didn't write these questions. No, I know. I, I didn't know. write these. I know. Uh, what film do you find to be the sexiest film? So, so let me apologize back to you because my answer is not going to be. <laughs> I'm going to get some backlash for this one, I think, okay. because of recent events. But there is a guy that I thought was a fantastic actor that has done some questionable things and is no longer in the industry. And most pe- people, when you think about sexy film, you go to like very sexy film. I even thought about adult films. Like, is that an allowed answer? But <laughs> I tried to stick to like actual in the film in the theater, excluding weird, Deep Throat. I have a weird idea that I know this, <laughs> but I think you do probably. But I'm going with American Beauty is my That's answer. Exactly what I thought you were going to say. Which there's so much wrong with that because yeah, you got Kevin Spacey. Yeah, yeah, it's about uh, high school yeah. sexualization. Yes. Um, Granted, I think she's at least a senior, but <laughs> but uh, okay. but there's fair. also so much more that's sexy about that movie, whether it's the wife having the affair or the young love between the two very artistic yeah. type of people, or even if you and uh, you know the um the uh, sexy not in the term of like sex, but in the fact that this man has always been through shit and now he is going to like start living essentially the last day of his life, but he does it to the fullest. Right. And I think that's sexy. Telling his boss to go fuck himself, to yep. go and get the car that he always wanted of. That's sexy. Like So there's just, I think that that whole movie just screams sexy to me in some kind of weird way. I, I think that's a great, I think Sam Mendes being such an adroit filmmaker, crap, it, it looks sexy. Right, yeah. It's just the cinematography is beautiful. There mm-hmm. are it's it, it just it looks great from beginning to end. Obviously, it's sexualized in a lot of different ways. <laughs> a lot of different ways. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I no, I think that's. I can't wait for your answer to question eight. I mean, <laughs> oh, that's that's gonna be a weird one. That is, gonna yeah. Be, yeah. Apparently, because I would have. 
I would list that one as an uncomfortably om- sexy moment. I almost put it on both. But yeah, I right? <laughs> yeah. and, and I would allow that. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Well, before we move on to that, we are going to take a quick break. Guys, right. I just want to remind all of you listeners, you can reach out to the Whiskey Reel and Judgment Day at 970-426-5344. We are also at whiskeyreel at gmail.com. We want all your feedback, voicemails, text messages, if you want to do some long form feedback and write an email, that's great. I will read it. Also, we love reviews. Go on iTunes, yeah. uh, Apple Podcast now, I guess, and uh, leave us a five star. That helps us move up in the rankings and helps people find the show. We're going to be back in just a second, and we will continue with Dustin Nolan. Okay, Dustin Nolan, again, I apologize. I have to ask this question. I call this the (laughs) weird boner question. Yeah. (laughs) What movie do you find uncomfortably sexy? Okay, so (laughs) most of these other questions I have prefaced with something, but I think that I'm going to explain after. Okay. And just let it out there. Okay. For shock value. So here's, this is the question. Or sorry, this is the answer. So you've been very, I've been very good so far. I think. I think yes, I'm sir. going to heaven so far. I think this is the question that's that's going to send me to hell, though. I think this is if all the other ones are great, this is the one that's going to end it for me. Okay. Um. So my answer is Borat. Is the <laughs> answer? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have follow-on questions, but I'm going to let you yep. explain. Yeah. All right. So. When the movie came out, I was uh, dating a girl. We were very serious. We were very hot and heavy. And uh, we tried to put on the movie. And we got about 10 minutes in. And we just start fooling around. Okay. And uh, we tried to watch that movie four or five other times. And got about 10 minutes in. Started fooling around. And so I'm not sure I've ever actually finished the movie, to be honest with okay. you. But I know it's not sexy uh but i at least not to a normal person but to this moment i can't hear the words borat or think about the voice without thinking about getting it on with this very sexy girl so there's there's some weird connection there yeah i'm just wondering what the elixir is with borat that just sends you over the edge. <laughs> hey, no, it's just. <laughs> hey, she's the one that was pulling the strings there, oh, you know. Sure, uh, sure. It just so happened <laughs> to always be during that. So maybe I should ask her what it was during that love, movie. Yeah. If you'll send me her email okay, address, I, can, I will. Uh, if we had a phone line, I could get her on. Just maybe. bring her on. Yeah. For a little live call in. Yeah. yeah, but I know that one's uh, weird. And, uh, yeah. I mean, the naked old fat man is definitely a huge turn on. I mean, let's be honest. Well, sure. We yeah. Stop lying to ourselves. Right. I mean, that, yeah. That part, that whole scene is uh, just a big. 
fuck you to cis culture. It's great. That's, uh, we, and you know, we weren't watching Bruno where there actually is lots of full frontal male nudity in there that is. film or anything, but it's no, just Borat. It was before that. It was that yeah. time. So maybe it was the accent. I don't know what it was that got her, but she kept just jumping on me and I just kept going with it. So, so I'll be devil's advocate for two seconds yeah. here without being tongue in cheek. Sure. <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. Is a wonderfully, beautifully talented actor. Absolutely. He's striking. Yeah. He is fearless. I want to be clear that he's not the thing that's turning me on, but maybe her. Maybe I'm, her. I'm giving you an out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but I maybe you guys were just overcome by the sheer weight of immense talent that, that, is that had to have been it. That had on display yeah. at all times. Sasha Baron Cohen because he's a wonderful he's the most fearless man that has probably ever existed in cinema right like he has no concern none at all none at all he's had moments where he stayed in character under fear of death under like people fear were of actually death. trying to kill him and he stayed in character that's amazing I've never seen any actor that can stay in character under those circumstances Fuck but no. he does it no. so yeah no, he just does it and I I do want to be clear, though, that it's not. If I were to watch Borat today, I'm not. I'm not. Pinch, I'm not pitching a tent. It's just. Uh, but I'd probably call that girl or, or text her and be like, "Yo, what's up?" You know. So <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah, uh, I think that's a fucking just watching great Borat. Answer. I know that turned you on a lot, so that's I just thought I'd hit yeah. You know. I yeah. I like context. <laughs> Sure. When it comes to these questions, that one needed a lot of it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, we had to get. Our, we had to find our way. Yeah. <laughs> we found our path through the woods on that particular question. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, does the Nolan question the ninth? Yeah, this is a good one. Um, what you're a funny man. You do comedy. In okay. Your, in your own way. In, in my own way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I call it comedy, but sure. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. Sure. You're a morning shock jock. That's a, Yeah, sure. Yeah. When you guys are doing the Friday morning fart song and all those, <laughs> <laughs> all those things we, that you guys do. I want to clarify, we don't have that, but now we do. Now we do. <laughs> you should. So, that would be amazing. Um, Jess is going to hate that. <laughs> yeah. That would be great. What film makes you laugh the most. And I'm not saying what is the greatest comedy of all time. No, not at all. What is the film that makes you laugh? And again, I'm I'm sticking to the question how it's read, how I should be interpreting it, and um, my answer is Tommy Boy. Oh, go because on. Because I can watch that movie. It's the only movie in the history of cinema that I can finish watching that movie, and then if somebody's like, let's watch it again, I'm like, okay. And I can just watch that movie on repeat, yeah. no problems with it, because it's so hilarious. And we talked about Chris Farley earlier, but it's it, it just his comedy in that role and the laughs that you get from it. I, I've i seen it a million times, but I will still laugh every single time. Every time. Yes. Every time. Yeah. The scene where he... <laughs> Is trying to make the sell and starts talking about the ambulance drivers are showing up, <laughs> new guys puking in the corner, and, and it feels so wonderfully improv. Lighting the and, fire, a car on fire. <laughs> just, <laughs> oh, it is so 
funny. Oh, so and it's good. funny for one reason. Chris Farley. Chris Farley. Was just, yeah. there was a time when Chris Farley was the funniest man on planet Earth. Well, and for people who know comedy, David Spade was a fantastic straight man. Yes. But you cannot have David Spade as the lead comedian. That no. just doesn't work that way. And you need somebody that is over the fucking top to, to be able to Joe Dirt. make that work. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Joe Dirt is not a great movie. It's not. No. But, uh, you know, and Chris Farley, oh, man, what we could have had. And he is like in a lot of ways. Um, and no disrespect to John Belushi, but he is he is that style of comedian he was also led that style of life yeah. but i think that chris farley was the funniest man in the history of film i think and if i there's had debates to, there's debates yeah if i had to make a, a comparison between belushi and chris farley i would say that chris farley had a sense of um sweet innocence to him sure where he was just a very belushi had mystique he did. Like, you could yeah. always tell that there was something going on with Belushi. Yes. yes. There was a dark side to Belushi. Unbelievably talented, funny man. And a lot of the uh, his fellow actors, like Aykroyd and those guys, would talk about the fact that, like, by the time we got to meet John Belushi on the main stage yeah. on SNL, he was already gone. Like, yeah. he was already a drug addict. He was already kind of fucked up. But you guys didn't get to see him at SCTV in Chicago. And, you know, Second City was a big deal for him. And, like, he he was something special that we never maybe got to realize. Farley was just this big, sweet, dopey, beautiful guy that was also a decent actor. Like, we don't talk about the fact that he could act. He could act, yeah. Well, and as as far as Belushi goes, I do want to make a side note of um, there's a guy who does a... Um, I don't know if I call it an audition or if it's a, uh, a just a little skit he does, but he does a Robin Williams impersonation, and it's uh, and he's one hundred percent Robin Williams. And I, if they ever make a movie, I ho- I hope that he plays Robin right. Williams. But it's it's all about the scene of him getting ready for Mork and Mindy, and then he's all in character and doing all that, and then he finds out about Belushi dying the night before. And that Whoa. that whole transformation of his character is beautiful. So if you ever can find it, look it up. It's amazing. Um, wow, I've and, never seen that. Oh, you need to you need to check that. Out. We'll we'll check it out after the after this podcast. Yeah, but amazing. I'll show it to you. Yeah, it's amazing. amazing. Um, I and speaking of filmmaking, I, I'm going to go real quick. But I actually was making a, a film for a long time that was um, about a superhero that had multiple personality disorder so he was the superhero and the supervillain okay uh but he didn't know it's kind of like a fight club thing kind of thing right yeah so um we had actually in new york we had done the filming for about i don't know 20 percent of the movie or something like that but everything that we'd filmed we thought of this fun idea of having him when he's going to see a psychiatrist his psychiatrist is literally Robin Williams from Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> and so we just kind of made that whole of a parody thing, that whole part of that movie. And we had a great Robin Williams impersonator and all this stuff. And uh, But we filmed all that. And that was the first thing we filmed of the film. And then Robin Williams yeah. tragically passed. And tragically then, passed. so we... 
we just cut it. We just yeah. stopped it all. But um, but I will show you that after the podcast. No, I love but, that. But secondly, though, Chris Farley, though, is to me in our generation, and I, I know you and I are different generations, yeah, but yeah. we're close enough. It, a lot closer than the other person I'm about to mention right now. I think it's the James Dean of our generation. Because if you look at James Dean, he did three films. I mean, how many did Chris Farley do? You know? Handful. Handful. And not enough. Not enough. Not enough to see what we could have done. And I think about other actors in our age that died tragically and didn't show us enough that were that kind of talent, like groundbreaking change the spectrum kind of talent and to me that's who he is so tommy boy is always going to be my favorite comedy of all time maybe not maybe something changes my mind i I love taika waititi we talked about that so maybe he changes it but i think tommy boy is a fantastic answer i mean there's so many wonderfully hilarious i mean hilarious moments in that movie yes and it's mostly built on the chemistry between the two leads they, for whatever reason, those two guys play off each other better than like a lot of comedy do in history. It didn't play out in Black Sheep quite as well, but it it, it was still a great movie. Still makes that movie so. <laughs> and watchable. you got Gary Busey, which is yeah well, my favorite crazy person actor. So <laughs> I don't. Uh, ooh, I would argue about that, <laughs> but he's he's up there. He's on the list for sure. There's like Tom Sizemore. I mean, there's a whole fucking list of batshit idiots. <laughs> sure, sure. All right, Dustin Nolan. Question the tenth. Okay, uh, this one. This one, I I feel like we get a lot of the same answer on this question, but we'll see where you go with this. What film can you watch on repeat? This is a, what I call a remote dropper. Okay, you just drop the remote if you see it. Yeah, so I think that um, I, I now I did just say on Tommy Boy that I could watch it on repeat. 100%. So there's that. But um, and now I'm worried with how you set this up that I'm going to pick the same film as everyone else. But I also feel confident in the fact that this film has a runtime that is ridiculous. Ooh, okay. Um, Semi ridiculous, but. Um, Watch it repeatedly. So this is a movie that if I see it on my cable is on at 1 a.m. and I have to wake up at 6 a.m. and we're 30 minutes into it, I got to turn it on. I just got to do it. I got to watch it. And it's a cliche to all cliches. But I'm going Forrest Gump is my answer. That is your answer. Forrest Gump is my answer. No one has said that yet. Okay. All right. I'll feel better about that then. Okay. No one has said that. And I get it. Like, that is eminently watchable. It doesn't matter where you're at because that movie changes spectrums a hundred times throughout that movie. Whether he's running football in Alabama or he's playing ping pong with uh, Chairman Mao ping pong pallets or he's (laughs) in the army and he's whatever it is. I mean, there's. So many parts of that movie that if you fall asleep, you really just, you've seen it and you just missed a segment. But it's kind of segmented in a way that, like, I like to read books. My favorite book is Nine Stories by J.D. Salinger. And that's because I can read 30 pages and be done with the whole story and then just read nine more stories. And I I know, I'm like a third grader in that sense, same way as my diet. But 
I I like that kind of thing. And when you just reference Salinger. You're not a third. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I do kind of love that storytelling, and to me, that is a great story. It's wonderfully done. Yeah. I don't know if you could even do it now, considering I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could find you can find problematic elements in fucking everything. Sure. It's ridiculous. Sure. Like, don't, but that was also not an invitation for a remake. Nobody remake Forrest Gump. Lord. It's fine. No, Leave it alone. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, there's a weird blowback on Forrest Gump because I think, and I could be wrong about this. I'll do my research. I'll get my team on it. Okay. That uh, I think it beat Pulp Fiction for Best Picture. Am I wrong okay. about that? Okay. And you're going to hate me for this, but I, um, am not a Tarantino fan. I don't, I don't like hate. Tarantino. I like Reservoir Dogs. I hate No Man. And I I like Pulp Fiction. But other than that, it's just like, stop. You don't have to put a katana in everything. You don't have to put your foot fetish in everything. You don't have to, like, he tries too hard in a lot of ways. Sure. But I do love the idea that there is a, 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 a director out there like Tarantino that is making movies that you can do on a smaller budget that do make a lot of money well and that's great so and when it comes to forrest gump we're talking about bob zemeckis who is a pretty goddamn accomplished it was zemeckis right that did forrest gump I, you got me on that Oop, one i'm gonna make sure because i don't want to <laughs> i'm not better gonna, i don't want to step in that one but i'm pretty sure it was robert zemeckis and he's fuck man i mean that guy's had a that pretty, does i do think you're right yeah I, the, the guy's had a pretty goddamn storied career he gave us back to the future for fuck's sake which is one of the few perfect movies. One of the... It is. It's Robert Zemeckis. Um, yeah, I mean, you can ignore a guy like that who just can... He's kind of a... Um, I don't know, like, who's a director that just puts out a lot of really good middle-of-the-road shit, but constantly never makes a bad movie. Right. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, one yeah, of yeah. those guys. Right, yeah. Like Bob Zemeckis never makes a bad movie. He just always <laughs> no. makes a good movie. It's great. You yeah. know? And, I don't know. Tarantino is not for all taste. No. Yeah. And and that's the thing. He's really hit or miss for me. And it's mostly miss. But when he does hit, it yeah. hits hard. And yeah. I do like when he hits. I loved Reservoir Dogs. Sure. Pulp Fiction's probably not worth the hype that it has, but it's... That's Still, fair. it's fine. It's great. You Hold know, on. I'm going to type negative five points. Doesn't Uh-oh. like Tarantino. Oh, no. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but on the, uh, you upstairs. did bring up Back to the Future, though, so I got to I gotta say on with that. Um, Please, touch on it. That, uh, and that I know I'm going television, which is awful, but maybe the funniest thing I've ever seen on a screen is in Curb Your Enthusiasm when Michael J. Fox is on there and he hands him the soda and he opens it up and it spews all and over him. He's like, everywhere. oh, Parkinson's. And listen, I'm not being insensitive. My grandfather had Parkinson's, but that maybe makes me laugh harder it's about pretty hilarious. the scene. It's just so... Well, and Michael J. Fox clearly was in on the joke. That he's he in, on, in the on the joke. joke. So uh, <laughs> it was hilarious to he, me. So, he cashed that yeah. check. He did. He cashed yeah. that check for sure. I think that's a great answer. Thanks. Okay, so question the eleventh. Okay, Dustin Nolan. This is a hard one. I, not, I know not, this is a hard one. Not for me. This was the easiest question. Was it really for me? To have. All right. Mm-hmm. 
This one was hard for me. What film means the most to you? Not because of its quality, but because of a memory that you've associated to this film. Right. So if you didn't have, if you just said not because of its quality, I would, I, it would take me days to figure it out. But you follow it up with, but because of a memory you've associated to it, which makes it easy for me. So mine is a weird one. But I'm going back to my childhood where we went back to uh, we we started with Little Engine We Could, Little Engine That Could at the beginning. I'm going with a little movie called Rock a Doodle is my answer. <laughs> Rock a Doodle. Rock a Doodle. Yeah, that's a film I haven't thought about in a while. But you know what I'm talking about. I do know okay. exactly what you're All talking right. about. Yes. And uh, go that, on. That movie reminds me of a time more so than any other film of just a simple time in my life where I'm not worried about problems and everything else that I have going on. And I'm watching that with my brother. I'm watching it with my mom or my dad or whatever it is. And I don't have to worry about anything in the entire world. And not to mention the entire world is still in front of me, which is a beautiful thing, which at our age, our fucking souls have been crushed and you know anybody listening under 25 great I'm glad your <laughs> dreams are still alive but you know maybe you'll love rockadoodle one day too but it's uh no i remember rockadoodle yeah it was it's, the so they were the studio that were basically opposite of the disney studios that was the bluth don bluth studios was it was it don bluth that's the question because i know bluth yeah. had a bunch of different things it I didn't was know don bluth. they did like um secret and m which is one of my yep. all-time favorites I absolutely mean, i love secret and m i love that studio we were just talking about mice outside i don't know it's a yeah, whole thing we, i know, I know. weird right? it's all full circle <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a great one too though you know and yeah. and yeah don bluth did have a million hits with all of his things but it was kind of a little bit of a lesser quality but it was a better story almost sometimes well without I mean, music or whatever the but. biggest film from blue studios was American Tale, right? Like that I think so. had to be. I mean, that's what I named the mouse in my house was Fifle. So yeah, uh, dude, what was up with Blue Studios and mice? mice. And it's owls. all mice, right? Yeah, mice and, there was and a owls. Fucking yeah. owl in yeah, every one of their movies. I got a friend commissioned. He's painting me the owl from Rockadoodle on a canvas that I'm gonna hang up in my house. I'm that's very amazing. excited about it. But I know I want a tattoo of the owl from Secret and M. That there was you a go. Scary fucking movie. <laughs> that owl go. was scary. <laughs> I think Blue Studios was a great thing. That's a great answer. Thank you. Uh, of course. Ooh, but now's the moment of truth, sir. Yeah, I know it. Question the twelfth. I know it. Should you be deemed worthy, Dustin Nolan, to ascend, you are allowed to bring one movie with you because you're going to get a host of movie night in heaven. What film are you going to take with you to show to the rest of the chosen people? Okay. So, this is where it comes down to all the other ones I've answered very honestly. But this one, it just is very clearly to me, what is my favorite film? Or what is my film that I want to share with the world? Yeah. Which can be a different answer, but it's not for me. Um, this is a movie that takes me... It's kind of like... And it's not, but we, we talked about Requiem for a Dream earlier. It's one of those kind of movies, though, that you have to You can't sit. take that to heaven. No, 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 no. <laughs> but it's one of those movies that you have to, like, mentally prepare yourself to be able to watch this movie. Okay. This And I want to see if you can guess what I got going on here. And I'm going to give you a lot of clues here. But 
this movie is well over three hours. In fact, it might be three hours, 40 minutes, something like that. Okay. The first time I'd ever watched this movie, and don't tell anyone this, even though we're on a podcast, but I uh, had a friend that worked at a movie theater, and we snuck into that movie theater, and we did a bunch of mushrooms, and then we watched this movie, and that was the first time I ever watched it. Okay. But um, it is... It has here's the cast, and this might help you because there's a big cast here. We've got uh, William H Macy, John C Riley, Tom Cruise, Jul- okay. Julianne Moore. I'm on board. You know where I'm at. Okay, <laughs> so I am going with uh, the the 2000, maybe not so hit. It's uh, and maybe it's not. I think it's 2000, but uh, not so hit. But my most mind blowing movie of my life. That every time I watch it, I feel refreshed. Like my lungs have not been able to breathe until after I watch this movie. And it's like I take a new breath and it's like, wow. And it's like a bright new sky outside because I just watched a movie for four fucking hours and the sun's coming up. I'm talking Magnolia is yeah. my answer. Um, that's, oh, that's I love my that answer. answer. Yeah. That movie needs to be in heaven <laughs> for a variety of reasons. I mean, yeah. uh, it has like a weird. Uh, I mean, there's a rain of frogs at the end of the there film. There is, yeah. Talk about there that. There is literally a divine intervention in this movie. a divine intervention yes. in that film. Yeah. There are performances in that film that... It's almost told in vignettes. Like, it's, yeah. it's... There's so many characters in the film, and they all have their own arcs, and they all have their own storylines. Now, he intersperses them with each other. It could have been told as short stories... Could have been. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But he chooses to intertwine all these stories and to, because he obviously, in his mind, he had a, well, I have a resolution to all of this. Right. Which for most people is not a resolution at all. <laughs> no. I mean, especially a divine intervention. It's not something that I would normally cop into, but what it does to everyone, whether, because it, it doesn't force you to make, make it a divine intervention. It could just be science, whatever it is, mm-hmm. but it does change everyone's perspective you have this arc of 20 characters that are all going one way and they get slightly skewed towards yes. the end that's like yes. what the fuck now what do we do and you you it's another one of those ones that you laugh you cry you you feel it all and, and it's great. almost every character in that film does have an arc they do change did i say philipsy more often if i didn't i should have but um because he's my he's my favorite character in that film but it um, this movie will change you. I feel like it, no yeah. matter who you are, you will connect with one of the characters that is going through their situation. Yeah. So, P.T. Anderson is one of those filmmakers. He he requires a buy-in. You have to buy into what we're doing now. He does, but I want to. I want to also qualify that with he requires a buy-in, but all of his buy-ins are a little bit different. Yes. When I saw uh, Punch Drunk Love the first time, I hated it. Mm-hmm. And then every time I've watched it since then, I like it a little bit more than the last time. And now I kind of like it. Yeah. And, yeah. But also, um, uh, Boogie Nights, is uh, that's a tough one for a lot of people to get into. It is. And it's something that you do have to buy into before you get into it. But it's a whole other perspective of a whole other situation. But every one of the films is a completely different situation it's very much the same directing and it very much has a lot of the same style oh but yeah they're, very much but they're but they're very different in what the audience might 
put into it by their own perspectives in life. Yeah, the uh, I will I will look her up. But Do the, you like Dick? I I mean, got, Boogie Nights <laughs> is one that you like. So um, uh, the girl that plays John C. Riley's love interest in that film. It's Julianne Moore too, isn't it? Is, um, no, or is that no, it's, um, Oh, she's just the skater girl. Yeah. Oh, oh, you're talking about Magnolia. The, the bl- you're talking uh, Magnolia. About Magnolia. Yeah, yeah. The blonde girl that is um, Philip Baker Hall's daughter. Yes. Yeah. That John C. Riley, the cop, and I don't falls know her name, but with. she's fantastic. Yeah, she. And then is, Amy Mann does a lot of the soundtrack with that, and she does a really good. It's one of my favorite soundtracks, actually. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Amy Mann is fantastic. Yeah. I think her name is Melora Walters. And God, man, she is this like very fucked up kind of pixie dream girl thing mm-hmm. that you understand mm-hmm. like why you're falling for, but also don't, 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 don't fall do for it. Her. Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't. But do you it. see John C. Riley's side on the other side of like, well, I'm, he's so desperate for I'm love. I'm a schlub. He wants to listen. He wants to be everything that she needs. And, and you, a, you hope for the best. And I think he was a cop on purpose because he's yeah. trying very much to fix her and to fix her situation. And that's not going to happen. No. And Philip Baker But he Hall. just wants to be a good person. And it's, it's so much. But when we're talking about the frogs flying and the divine intervention and talking about Amy Mann, they actually, you don't see this in a lot of movies unless they're four hours fucking long or whatever we're talking about. I, I'm throwing out a couple extra F words because I feel like I can. I can't on the you radio. Can, you it's can fine. say it. Yeah. But in that moment, there is an Amy Mann song that plays for a full three and a half minutes, I feel like, during that film as the frogs are flying. And you see it from every single person's perspective. No, the song is called Wise Up. It's called Wise Up. It's one of my favorite songs. And other people are even singing it as it's going on. And it's Every just, character in the film yes. finds themselves singing that song, mm-hmm. which is such a weird creative choice. It's but so I weird. find it. It's almost like throwing in musical theater in a moment that doesn't belong. It doesn't make sense. And then it's nothing of it makes sense. The frogs falling from no the skies sense. doesn't make sense. You've been watching this movie for almost three hours. And then this starts happening. And it's like, what the fuck is happening? But it's such a beautiful moment. And for a film to take a break... And just go silent other than playing a song that everyone is involved with is just such a beautiful moment. So that's that's my favorite film of all time. That's my I love film it. that, that is I a, would take. So Dustin, that's a great answer. I love that Thank movie. You. Um it's also a panacea for Tom Cruise fans to be able to tell people to shut the fuck up. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's the one thing. Is like I'll tell a lot of people, like, yeah, I'm not huge on Tom Cruise and all the things or whatever. He's fine, but he kills it in this movie. He's there's a moment. Respect the cock and a, tame the cunt. When he's being yeah. interviewed by the girl mm-hmm. and she asks him a question and he puts on the Tom Cruise smile, mm-hmm. but it's it's not the Tom Cruise smile. No, there's you a, can see his malice. humanity. There there's is malice behind it. There is something there. And he yeah. says, uh, I'm just sitting here judging you quietly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's uh-huh. like, oh, fuck. And then right after that, there's like a, a minute, like they take like 60 seconds following him down the hall in front of him as he's walking with his hair whipping back and yeah. forth. And they you can watch, and the cinematography is great because they'll Phenomenal. fall uh, across the movie. They'll follow people everywhere. But this moment, it's like, it seems almost too long, but you really see Tom Cruise really walking down that hallway, pissed off, but also you see that humanity behind him, which is unbelievable. It's one of those moments where like for an actor, for me, you see somebody that can cry. And a lot of people think, Oh, if you can cry, you're a fantastic actor, a fantastic, whatever, whatever. 
wait until you see somebody blush. When it's something like that, yeah. when it's something that you're, you can't actually force yourself to do, it is an actual mental thing that creates your body doing that function. That is what we see in a lot of moments in that film. And that's what really impresses me. And the acting in that film is unbelievable. From even Tom yeah. Cruise, Julianne Moore, William H. Macy, John C. Riley, all of them, yeah. they just kill it. Yeah, Philip Baker Hall, who we lost mm-hmm. recently, who was in, God, he was in like every P.T. Anderson film for a while. For a while, yeah. The first P.T. Anderson film I remember was um, Heart Eight. Yeah. With um, also uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman has a, a, a an appearance in that. John C. Riley, Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, he's just an amazing filmmaker and he loves the people that he loves, which I think is cool. Very Scorsese. Sure. Kind yeah. of thing, you know? Yeah. Like, These are my people. These, These are the are people I'm going to populate yeah. my movies with. Yeah. Really fucking great answer, man. Thanks. <laughs> really great answer. So now, now I'm torn because I was like, I know. You got to send someone to I know. I was like, I'll leave Borat behind. I know, it I can like, stay Borat here. Rockadoodle? Huh? I don't know. <laughs> no. Dustin Nolan, you have been found. Ah. Worthy. Oh, great. <laughs> of course, man. And hey, I just want to thank you so much for coming on, man. This is so great. Absolutely. It's been a great time. A little over an hour together. It's great. Uh, We haven't done this in a very long time. And uh, I think this is a great podcast. I appreciate you coming on, man. Is there anything you want to like plug out, shout out, any events, anything weird you got going on? It's up Uh, to you. No. Yeah. I I know. (laughs) It's awkward. I'd like to throw out some other names or movies or whatever but you already let me do that throughout the podcast so i'm no, good. It's all right good. you got an honorable mention of something you want to bring up it's fine no i think i'm good I'm all right good. i really do yeah. i think i'm good we're yeah. here to talk about movies yeah that's what we do i love movies man they're great all right. yeah. dustin thank you so much uh we might see each other again all, all right. right on the other side sounds good all right, all right. have a good death
wiser. No, it's not going to stop. So just.